Hello and welcome. My name is Tecla Francesco, and I'm trying to spread the word about how practicing the law of attraction can significantly improve your physical and mental health. Join me and like-minded friends to learn more about gratitude and how to manifest health and wellness beyond your wildest dreams. I've been practicing these principles for years with incredible results from resolving chronic pain to dissipating daily anxiety and reversing a digestive diagnosis. My goal is for you to leave our weekly episodes with easy and actionable steps to implement effortlessly into your day-to-day life so you can reach your own personal health and wellness goals. Hi everyone and welcome back to Heal Yourself with the Law of Attraction. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Last week, we wrapped up our first power month by talking about the power of sound healing and sound therapy in promoting high energy emotions, boosting your mood, and improving your physical and mental health. This week, we're talking about how to optimize your mindset and clear up that mental clutter so you can prioritize your health and wellness. So let's dive right in. I want to start off today by talking about the importance of mental grooming. When we have this cluttered, chaotic mindset, there's so much going on, so much to keep track of, and as a result, things are going to slip through the cracks. And what tends to slip through the cracks first is this mental and emotional work you're doing on yourself because it's hard, right? It's uncomfortable, and it often doesn't immediately yield results. We're building a foundation over time to set ourselves up for success in the future. We rarely spend 24 hours rewiring our brains and wake up the next day and see all the things we desire right in front of us. A lot of what I learned about mental grooming comes from Eckhart Tolle, a New York Times bestselling author. Today, I want to talk about one of his international bestselling books, The Power of Now. The overarching concept relates to how we should view our minds as a tool that we have complete control over. He talks about the mind as an instrument that we should leverage for tasks. And once we're done with those tasks and have completed those tasks, we should put our mind down. He also talks about how we all collectively have this inner dialogue or narrative that thinks and worries and compares and judges. And instead of interacting with this voice, we should adopt a bystander approach that he refers to as watching the thinker. This degree of separation from our thoughts is such a critical principle. He says, when you listen to that voice, listen to it impartially. When you do this, those thoughts start to lose their power because you aren't feeding into them or giving them any energy. Toll says that practicing and mastering this skill is the beginning of the end of involuntary and compulsive thinking. You're making this space for stillness in the mind, which is a well-known concept in Buddhist teachings referred to as mindfulness or being present in the moment. He characterizes compulsive thinking as an addiction of sorts because some of us are so consumed with our thoughts that we believe we can't stop. Some of us are ruled by our mind instead of the other way around. I really resonate with his teachings around the ego as well. He says that the ego doesn't exist in the present moment. It is always concerned with the past or future. Another quote from his book, 
He says, the ego is always concerned with keeping the past alive because without it, who are you? It constantly projects itself into the future to ensure its continued survival and to seek some kind of release or fulfillment there. There are so many more great teachings and guiding principles in the power of now. What we discussed today is only really from his preliminary initial section called, You Are Not Your Mind. I thought those were the most important, you know, principles to relay because if we can master those two steps, we're in a much better position to clear that mental clutter. I want to shift gears a little bit now and talk about how we identify with change and development. To effectively do all of this work on being present and live in the now, it is so important that we adopt a growth mindset. A growth mindset is the belief that a skill or ability can be improved and developed. The opposite of this is a fixed mindset. And that's the belief that an ability is a fixed trait, that it can't be changed. If we're closed off to change, practicing this detachment from our thoughts and learning how to separate ourselves from our ego is nearly impossible. Someone with a growth mindset understands that self-development and improvement over time results in long-lasting change. Someone with a fixed mindset believes that these abilities are essentially assigned at birth, and if you don't have them, you're shit out of luck. Reflecting on these areas of your life where you might have a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset will be a helpful exercise in taking accountability for where you are. And that's, you know, in your physical health, your mental health, and even beyond that with your career and hobbies and interests and so on. I want to talk about how I have adopted a growth mindset to practice these skills and tell you about the impact it has had on my life. As someone who you know already has struggled with intense anxiety in the past, the constant mind racing and internal dialogue was always an issue for me. And over time, that escalated to catastrophizing. And for those that aren't familiar with catastrophizing, it's essentially when you jump to the worst possible conclusion. You imagine all sorts of outcomes and they are totally blown out of proportion and you think they're really real. An example of this is someone thinking, if I fail this test, I won't graduate and I won't be able to get a job. I'm going to have to live with my parents forever because I'm not going to be able to support myself. This sort of thinking was happening in all avenues of my life, with health, at work, in my relationships. And there are a couple of root causes for this type of thinking. And one of them is fear. When you're totally consumed with all of these worst case scenarios, you're in such a low vibration that you have no space to help yourself or think about anything else. You're in this fight or flight mode that we talked about a couple weeks back. After reading The Power of Now, I really stepped back and kind of took a look at the areas where I wasn't seeing change and tried to really dive deep and explore why. Why wasn't I seeing improvement in my mental health? Why wasn't I seeing improvement in my physical health? Why wasn't I feeling peace at all with myself? And that was a really hard reflection and I didn't arrive at those answers overnight. But as I was reflecting on those questions, I realized that I had like zero space to even think about any of my priorities clearly, especially related to my health because I was so overwhelmed with these destructive and pervasive thoughts. I had no clarity or freedom or peace of mind. 
I also started to realize that those negative thoughts were manifesting into physical symptoms of a disease, specifically related to a whole host of issues with eating and body image in an attempt to regain the sense of control. That topic I'm going to address at another time, but the point is that I needed to clean up that mental clutter to even start to tackle anything else. I like to think about my mind and what it looked like during that time. And if I had to describe it, it would look like a hoarder's house. Zero organization with piles and piles of paper and trash everywhere. Every single room in the house would have been an absolute disaster. You wouldn't have been able to see the floor and the furniture would have been in disarray. Then there would have been this room tucked away with like a million locks in the door that would have required like 15 keys to open. But obviously, the keys are nowhere to be found. I slowly had to start deep, deep cleaning this space and regain control over my mind and these overwhelming thoughts. My goal state of mind would ideally resemble something right out of the home edit. And for those that aren't familiar with the home edit, it's a company run by two women, Clea and Joanna, who organize homes meticulously. With systems on systems, they organize things into pretty clear boxes with everything stacked and labeled and color-coded and easily accessible. What a dream, right? (laughs) Metaphorically and literally. So I made the conscious decision to get to work, and it was fucking hard. Someone with perfectionist tendencies, like myself, wants to engage with every thought and try out every possible outcome because it's all about control, right? This is the complete opposite of what we were talking about earlier and adopting that bystander approach. So I worked hard and practiced taking a back seat and just observing all of these things happening. And much to my dismay, I wasn't perfect at it, but progress isn't linear. That said, I did get much better and I would get so much better at catching myself getting caught up and that would become faster and faster each time and then I would bench myself. I didn't take part in that discussion and with any skill, the more you practice, the more you improve. When I found myself getting wrapped up in the past or, you know, engaging with something that could possibly happen in the future, I wouldn't judge that thought. I would just acknowledge it alert myself that it was my ego talking. And then I would just kind of stop and give my ego the limelight for a second. Like I would truly just stop and say to myself, okay, ego, you have my attention. What do you want? What do you want me to know? As soon as I played the part of the observer, whatever my ego was caught up in was gone. Remember what we learned earlier, the ego can't really exist in the present. Eventually, I started regaining control of what was happening upstairs, and that gave me the opportunity to think clearly about my priorities and what I actually wanted. One of those priorities was my health, both physical and mental. And that's when I really started to sit down and think about what I wanted to accomplish in the next year. Not only did I allow the space for that prioritization, but it also allowed me the space to learn and process new information that I needed to tackle the next thing because I had the room to now store that. Another thing that happened was that I wasn't so exhausted all the time. Prior to this cleanup, I was so on edge all of the time and honestly super close to breaking down often because there was very little room to take on anything else. 
The slightest issue had the potential to make everything topple over and come crumbling down in that hoarder house I was just talking about. After doing that cleanup, I found myself to be much lighter and able to manage those day-to-day, you know, life hiccups just more easily. I wasn't in this constant mental battle with myself, and it just became so much more freeing, honestly. I felt more rested and at peace, and I wasn't trying to run away from all of these things that I'd been avoiding. I could also be there more for the people in my life that I actually cared about, like my friends, family, and significant other. I had the space and mental capacity to eventually be supportive of those people and help them with the things they were working on, which is a critical piece of any relationship. I also felt so much more in control, which is so ironic, right? I feel like I had so much more say in how I managed and organized my thoughts and could effectively start to compartmentalize these things. And so how does all of this relate to the law of attraction? I'm sure you're wondering. As we know, gratitude is the key to manifesting anything. You have to be grateful for where you are now, what you have in life, especially the health you have in this current moment, in order to align yourself with the energy of abundance. If you're so caught up with your internal narrative and these pervasive thoughts, it's so hard to actually gain the clarity you need to reflect on all the things you're grateful for in life. This isn't a one and done either. Practicing gratitude needs to be continuous. Ideally, you should practice gratitude in some way every day. All of this is so hard to accomplish when you're at war with yourself mentally and you feel like you're not in control of your mindset. Also, if you don't have the space to reflect and prioritize what's important to you in terms of your physical and mental health and actually outline your goals, then how do you know what you want to manifest? Clarity is such a huge component of manifestation, and I feel like we don't talk about it enough. If the odds from the universe is vague or questionable in any way, then so will the outcome. And I've done this. I have personal experience with this. The first time I did the magic, which is Rhonda Byrne's 28-day gratefulness practice, one of the first exercises I did was to write down all the things that I wanted to come into my life. You're asked to organize all of these things by category. So we had health and body, money, work and success, relationships, love, life and travel, personal desires, and material things. And I came back to that list a year after I wrote it and realized I had technically manifested a lot of the things on that list. But the issue was that at the time I was writing the list, I wasn't super clear on my goals, partly because I hadn't done enough of that decluttering and cleaning yet. For example, one of the things I wrote down on that list was to buy a car. And when I wrote that down, I was absolutely obsessed with Range Rovers. I wanted a white Range Rover to be exact. Yes, I know, basic bitch, I get it. And that car is what I was thinking about in my mind when I wrote that on the list. And you know what? I did manifest buying my own car that year. I was fortunate enough to be in a position to buy out the lease on my current Subaru. So technically, yeah, I did that. I did buy my own car, but is it originally what I had in mind? No. And that's totally fine. It's definitely progress, and I'm so grateful to have my car. 
It's a privilege and it allows me so much freedom and independence. And after that time, I really realized that I don't actually want a Range Rover at all. It's way too big for me. It doesn't really align with the lifestyle I lead today in Colorado. And I get it. This is a very materialistic example, but I'm hoping to demonstrate that because I hadn't done the work, I didn't have that perspective of my priorities to make sense of what I actually wanted. If that's what I put down under the category of material things, then you can only imagine how vague the other things were that were under more important categories like health, relationships, and love. Under health, I know I had listed weight loss. And I look back on that now, and I think about that goal, and it's actually not the most important thing to me. What I want is a strong, healthy body that supports my lifestyle and allows me to move freely without pain or restriction or disease. That perspective I didn't have a couple of years ago when I first sat down and wrote that list, and now I do, so that list looks so different today. All right, with all of that said, let's get into what you can do to start to tackle that mental clutter. First, I want you to find some time and commit to it. Go through your week, mark it on your calendar, and set that intention into stone to take that time for yourself. If you can find 30 minutes to an hour, that would be ideal to get started. Next, I want you to think and reflect on a few of these questions. How often do you find yourself caught up in a state of obsessive thinking or find yourself having overwhelming pervasive thoughts? When do you find that happening the most? Are there any themes there? Is it when you're alone? Maybe before you go to sleep? Is it when you're trying to focus on work or school? The key is to really generate awareness of what's happening so you can start to practice changing that behavior. And then I want you to think about what might work for you. How are you going to try and reduce the frequency and duration of those cycles of endless thinking? There are so many things you can try, and I want you to write a list of tools that you can use to practice this. Meditation is a big one, very popular, where you're practicing acknowledging thoughts as they arise and then allowing them to pass without getting involved. You can start a practice being mindful and staying in the moment. If you find yourself wandering off, start to think about the five senses, what you can see, hear, smell, touch, and taste in that moment, and that will bring you back. If you find yourself catastrophizing, you can also try and write down everything you know to be true in that moment. Do you know you have failed that test? Do you know that you aren't going to be able to get that bill paid in five weeks? Do you know you aren't going to get that job? Only concern yourself with what is true in that moment, not in a minute or an hour or three days. You could start to explore therapy and find a licensed practitioner to help you find techniques more suitable for you and your situation. You can read The Power of Now and see what jumps out to you and helps you understand the mind better. There are so many different ways to start to get to work on this. So intentionally think about what's right for you. Okay, friends, those are your takeaways for today. Find time to sit with yourself and commit to it. Answer those questions, which I also put in the show notes for you. And document what you are going to explore to help you deal with your inner dialogue and your racing mind. Okay, on to next week, 
we're going to be talking about how to get focused by identifying your goals and living in alignment with your values. And this is going to be such a great extension of today's episode. They complement each other so nicely. Today, we talked about cleaning up your brain to make room for things you care about. And next week, we'll talk about how to get to the root of what you want and prioritize your health and wellness. Every week, I release a few teasers for the upcoming episode on social. If you want to jump over and give me a follow on Instagram at heal yourself with L-O-A. That's heal yourself with L-O-A. L-O-A as in law of attraction. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're listening on Apple, a five-star rating goes a long way. If you have a few more moments, a thoughtful review would be so great if you want to share with others how this content has made an impact on you. Spotify doesn't have a review option, but does have star ratings, so please leave me a rating if you could. It really does help me so much. That's all for now. Peace, love, and mung beans. Bye.